Are we up now? How about that? Hooray, we're up. Funny, weird stuff happening with uh, the old uh, streaming software here. So we're going to... We're going to just keep trucking forward, but uh, looks like things are under control right now. Good evening. It is uh, August the 10th, which means that uh, it's draft lottery night. So, <laughs> so uh, what do we got here? Here we go. All right. We're, rop we're, uh, we're ripping. And uh, you know what? I don't know. It's I'm going <laughs> to... I'm in a weird mental space right now. Uh, it's going to be fun, regardless. I think that... Uh, I, 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 I'm trying to wonder what's going to happen. I'm also stalling for time while people file in, but there are quite a few of you here, so welcome. Um, I obviously have it ordered the way that it's going to go. Um, Edmonton obviously will win, I'm just because I'm resigned myself to that. Uh, I wrote up on Twitter today that, uh, like, Edmonton would be the most hilarious option, and I think he'd actually be a decent, you know, like a a very nice piece for them to add. Uh, that's Lafreniere, by the way. Um, but, I mean, if I'm being realistic, like, if the world were a just place um, and the hockey gods were, you know, benevolent, I would probably say Nashville would be the team if I could pick one. I, th I think Lafreniere would be a great fit there. And if anyone disagrees, feel free to, to bring it up. I mean, obviously, if you're a Rangers fan or, or a Jets fan, for sure. You probably want that guy on your team. Anybody would. Um, I mean, Toronto. I want to talk about a turn of events. Uh, that, would be, that would be a big one. Um, you know, I, Florida could use him. I think he'd be a nice fit in Florida. Um, but I think we all have to realize that there is a one, we'll say one, two, three, we'll say three teams that, that most people would rather not, you know, have to worry about. So you've got, that's a, that's a 37 and a half percent chance that people are going to be mad. Um, and you know what though? Like I, the thing about these teams is that if one of them is Lafreniere's, like the Rangers could be a good fit. Like he should be able to fit in pretty much anyone. Um, but anyway, uh, oh, um, some questions popped up, but I did not even see them until now. Uh, is it a free live stream? I don't believe so. Uh, I, I don't, I, I don't think so. I think it's just on cable. Um, but yeah, I, it's weird how kind of difficult they can make it just to watch something simple like this. Like it's something that they probably should just stream on Twitter or something, but whatever. Uh, how many minutes is the draft? It probably will take five minutes, 10 minutes. Uh, I'm going to expect to be out of here at around in about an hour and 20 minutes. So we'll have some time to chat after the results with some potential, uh, some potential draft orders or, or whatever, like a very, very early mock draft because those are kind of fun and people seem to like them. Um, Yori Leafs Lafreniere hype I mean if it is Toronto I don't see how you like my brain went to weird places when I was sort of rebounding uh from last night with Toronto where it's like if they do win you know if there's ever a team that would potentially deal that pick Toronto would have to think about it you know, like, I don't know, because 
clearly there's still some stuff that needs to be worked out there. Um, but I mean, that's a, it's a very unlikely thing. I mean, it's just as likely as all the other possibilities, but if, if, oh, oh, Jory. Okay. Never heard that before. Well, always, always a first Jory. I should know that since you've been here for, for so long. I apologize. Uh, yeah. So considering it's just as unlikely as everyone else, I don't know. Um, but yeah, (laughs) Colin with the Lafreniere to the Jets. I think I saw another question from Dan there. Yeah. If Winnipeg ends up with the number one pick, would they trade it? No, I don't, I don't think Winnipeg would trade it. Um, another winger, sure. You, you don't need another winger, but you'll take Alexis Lafreniere on your team. Uh, that, you know, it, it might mean you might need to get a little bit creative, but I don't think you're going to complain by getting the first overall pick. Like the alternative is you get the ninth overall pick, 10th overall pick, 15th overall pick. I don't know. I'd rather have first. Um, and I think Lafreniere just makes your team better no matter what. Uh, how much better? Immediately, I'm not so sure, but I think he'll be a really, really, you know, he'll be a really useful piece no matter what team he's a part of. That's just kind of his game, I, I, in my opinion, from what I've from what I've seen of him. Um, like he could, he should be able to fit into any North American professional hockey system right away. Uh, and I think that I, I think that if you're looking at Winnipeg in the first slot from what I've seen of Winnipeg like yeah you could use more centers but trading the first round first overall pick like someone mentioned maybe trade it to Ottawa for three and five Ottawa would be in my opinion kind of nuts to trade three and five for one it's a step up for sure like Lafreniere is a step up but but I think about what Ottawa would be giving up you know that could be two real cornerstone players maybe not a franchise winger like Lafreniere could be but giving up say Quinton Byfield and insert your favorite fifth overall pick here or Tim Stutzla if that's who they want or you know God you know I don't know uh, Jamie Drysdale or something then maybe that's something that Ottawa uh thinks about but I if I'm Ottawa I'm picking at three and five and if I'm moving up to one I'm moving three and five and expecting one and like something else to go with it like usually in the past when teams move up in the top five it hasn't cost very much like if you go back to like the Brian Burke trades and and all those other I mean those were very long time ago and I think that it's also very hard to get teams to agree to trade picks these high or this high um so I wouldn't hold your breath uh, for a trade here, I don't think. I, I'm just kind of playing the odds on that because I don't know what else you can do. And if I'm Ottawa, I'm not trading 3-5 and five to just move up to 1, personally. Like, I know Lafreniere is very good, but I don't know if I would do that. And if I'm the first overall pick, if I'm, say, Winnipeg, I mean, maybe the thought is trade down 3-5, and five, maybe throw something in on top and get use three and five to parlay that into something your team needs like a center or a defenseman or whatever maybe that's something that happens but i find that particularly unlikely because that's something that is pie in the sky you know hopeful and usually doesn't happen at least not very often i can't remember the last time a top 10 pick was traded for a real high-end player maybe eighth overall for schneider jeff carter was a package that included the top 10 pick and, uh, and it's always really, really hard for teams to trade their best players, you know? And, and if you're trading a top five pick, 
you're you're in you're if you're tra- if you're trading a, a a top five pick, you better make sure that you're getting something pretty significant in return. Uh, you know what? If it is the Oilers, I saw that Brian. Uh, yeah, people will be upset, but I don't think it'll be that bad. I think it would be a heck of an ad for that team. I think that they're on the right trajectory, to be honest, better than they were. You know, if they can bridge the gap with with Jesse Puglia-Yarvi, who, you know, yeah, Pierre-Luc Dubois had a great series, but uh, I'm still pulling for Puglia-Yarvi at some point. I just think that the effect of what Edmonton tried to turn him into and what they did to him just just makes that discussion kind of moot to me. It's kind of like an impossible and hindsight is 2020 discussion. Um, and I think that if they can get him to come back, that's a heck of an offense they've got. If Lafreniere is the guy for them, um, yeah. And, and I mean, they got to work on their defense for sure, but I mean, there's a lot of teams that need to do that. And when you have Connor McDavid, it makes it a lot easier. Uh, apparently not that easy though, considering they had trouble in their series, but a lot of teams seem to have a lot of trouble in these series. If I should say so myself, um, Minnesota would be better for the... Yeah, Minnesota would be a good option. I mean, again, all of these teams would be better with Alexis Lafreniere. And people who are moaning and wailing about Toronto getting it or Pittsburgh getting it or Edmonton getting it or whatever, it's like, this is the... The the way that I see it is that these were the teams that were somewhat in sort of a bubble and in terms of of getting into the playoffs in the first place, there was this play-in series and they lost. And this is how it was negotiated. And I don't really know what the alternative would have been. Um, and some good teams lost. And we knew it was going to be chaos. So the fact that we come out the other end and it looks chaotic and everyone's kind of mad, I don't know what else you expect. So in my view, I don't really care who wins particularly. Some are much funnier than others. But this is a crazy year that's ended very bizarrely. And you know what? this whole system is set up to prevent tanking or whatever. Uh, and it's getting a little nutty, but I think, I think regardless, this will end up fine. And and no matter what team picks him up, he's going to be a good ad. He's a fit. He plays a, he plays a pro game right now. Um, so, so I'm, I'm just excited to see and get it over with and, and see what happens. So we can start digging into who might be going where and for what or whatever you want to chat about. Uh, the latter first round picks will be decided today too. No, I think those depend on the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, uh, did someone ask what team I'm a fan of? What team am I a fan of? I, you know what? I've every time someone asks me this question, I, I answer the same thing. I was born in Toronto. I was raised in Toronto, and uh, my my brain is broken because of it. So I'll say that. Um, but in my professional work here, I do whatever the hell I can to stay as neutral as I possibly can. So I'm the, it's the team I'm most familiar with. Uh, do I go to a lot of Leafs games? Sure. Uh, but I do absolutely everything I can to separate myself from, from that. Um, you know, like if the Toronto Maple Leafs win the draft lottery tonight, (laughs) I I become I'm kind of speechless uh after after that after last night already kind of speechless and the fact that it would be this kind of weird uh this weird turn of events 24 hours later 
it would just be bizarre uh more than anything and i mean for toronto it would open up some very tough but interesting potential opportunities i don't know but uh i i if i if i come across as too heavily biased for or against someone i don't know i i i do whatever i can to stay to keep it away uh and and critique where critique is necessary or boost when it's necessary uh well would you take drysdale over byfield no uh what about stutzla probably not uh there's a discussion to be had about that i would not take drysdale over byfield whatsoever um i just i just don't think you could convince me to take byfield anywhere you know like if he's there at the fourth overall pick somehow it's to me a clown show i i think that i think that quentin byfield you give him some time not much time i don't think but you, you you just keep him going on the road that he's on and i think you're gonna have one of the more unique uh skilled centers in the league you know, I, I, I think that there's a tremendous hockey player in Quentin Byfield and boy, uh, like, like to me, he reminds me of the mirror universe version of like Austin Matthews. Austin Matthews has an unbelievable shot. People criticize him for his defensive play, which to me in the playoffs, it really seemed like Austin Matthews was throwing his weight around more, you know, playing harder you know there were things that didn't go quite right but i look at i i look at um you know i i look at quentin byfield and and say you know what he can score goals for sure but it's absolutely not on the same level as uh as an austin matthews but the playmaking and the vision out of byfield and the and the skill is is incredible um you know and and once those once he gets the puck on his stick and in the defensive end he can be a really, really hard player to stop, and he's a great rush offense player, but he's also a great cycle player. Uh, I, I think the sky is the limit for Quentin Byfield, and if he's available anywhere after the third overall pick, I mean, if Ottawa passes on him at three and Detroit gets a chance of taking him, then I don't really, I, I'd be blown away. But you know what? Such is life. Uh I would try laugh at center. Even the st- even the Jets need more than two wingers that can drive play. I would not play Alexis Lafreniere at center at all. Uh, I don't I don't see that at all. I haven't seen him play center once all year. Um, and frankly, the way that he plays, I don't I don't see him as that. Unless there's like some sort of thing in his brain where it's like I'm just not gonna put in a hundred percent because I don't need to. Uh, I see Quentin or I see Lafreniere as much more of a more offensive leaning winger who is just gonna, you know, he's like, again, I've said this a few times. It's like, he's a hockey Canada player incarnate. He can throw his weight around. He's got great skill. His tool kit is remarkable. Uh, his finishing ability and playmaking ability is, is awesome. Um, and I, I, I just, I don't, I don't see, I think playing him at center doesn't match up with his, his talent. Um, if the Jets desperately need a center that bad, then you trade someone else, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but I guess we'll see if Winnipeg even wins the thing. Um, so, yeah. Marner in first overall for Shabbat 3-5. and Why would Ottawa do that? They just signed Shabbat. They'd be increasing the cap hit on their players, and they'd be giving up two top five picks to move up to one to take a winger. So that's two wingers 
and there might they might be handing Toronto, a divisional rival, a top pair defenseman, uh, and potentially a top six center at the very worst, and maybe another top six forward or a top four defenseman. I don't know why Ottawa would do that. Um, and I get it. Everybody wants to trade Mitch Marner for sure. But the problem is everybody in the whole universe now knows that everybody in the universe wants Mitch Marner traded. That And yes, there might be a market. If Mitch Marner hits the market, there there probably will be teams calling. But if I'm a general manager... Why would I? Why would I come across as really wanting to invest in that contract when it, you know, like there's no reason for me to negotiate in good faith with the Toronto Maple Leafs because I know that they're at a disadvantage. They they're under the they're under the gun now. So why would I hand them? You know, if they're coming to me, if it's Ottawa, and they're saying I want Thomas Shabbat and you can have Mitch Marner, I'm going. Why would I give you Thomas Shabbat? Explain to me why I would give you my best defenseman. For a, for a winger who is not a great, you know, has has been a fine playoff player who is extremely well paid in the beginnings of a contract, I I just don't see how you make a trade for someone like Mitch Marner work, and that's kind of another thing that makes it so hard to play and work and and be part of a Toronto Maple Leafs organization because you are under a microscope so much that everyone is aware of what's going on there, uh, so. I, I I think that people are jumping to really absurd conclusions. Um, you know, you can be disappointed with the result all you want, for sure. Uh, it's perfectly perfectly normal. You know, it's not it's not rocket science to be unhappy. Um, but at the same time, like you have to keep in mind like what the actual situation is and what their what their potential options are. And to me, the, they've made their bed and they have to figure it out. Like, you can say, sure, all this time off, all this weirdness creates chaos and weirdness and whatever. But you can't really devalue, you can't ignore that this is a team that paid more money to three forwards than all of Columbus's forwards, if I'm not mistaken, and could not score a five-on-five goal in the last three games of a best-in-five. Like, that's, to me, like, I don't, I'm not saying to trade everyone, but to me, that's kind of unacceptable. And I'm sure they know that. Like, Kyle Dubas is not a person who enjoys losing. None of these people are people who enjoy losing. Uh, and Columbus countered them hard. Junus Corposalo stood on, you know, did the thing. He he played well. Uh, so I think people who are jumping to the conclusion of doing really drastic things in Toronto, uh, it's a big reason why Toronto has been a mess. Like, I saw Brian Hayes talking about how he feels more comfortable about the team as it was 10 years ago. And 10 years ago, the team had just traded away Tyler Sagan's pick and Dougie Hamilton down the road. And they were, you know, a complete mess. And they were still two years before drafting Tyler Biggs. So if I'm, if, and like, and, and, and like, they didn't get much better from 2010, I guess is what I'm saying. And I, that to me is patently ridiculous. And I think that's just baiting people into retweeting a clip from Overdrive. But at the same time, I don't know. It's, it's, I think people need to go for a walk and 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 think about you know the Raptors for a few days. Uh, okay, let's catch up here because that's enough about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, if Winnipeg does what I does the okay, so I can I don't know, I'm, I'm I lost track of where the conversation was. 
Uh, who's in the orange? I can't see the name. I guess I can do this. Uh, black. There, Anaheim. Um, I'm pretty sure that order is right. I double-checked it, but if it's wrong, yell at me. Uh, do you think this year there's a Cole Caulfield-type player that drops? Sure, Marco Rossi, because he's not six foot two. Uh, Jory, I do believe that if the Leafs get 10th or higher, their pick is traded. Well, the only one they can get is one. Uh, the other, the, unless it, otherwise it goes to Carolina for Patrick Marlowe. Uh, so Toronto might be giving up a top 10 pick for Patrick Marlowe. Every, every contract you sign counts and it counts exponentially more the more you spend on a player who is old. What a, what a gong show. And like, that's what people kind of want to go back to. It's insane. Um, can Toronto draft a spine or grit? Uh, I'm not going there. Florida, tra- Florida traded two back two slots in 2003 in exchange for a second round pick in Michael Samuelson. Yeah, like 2003 was a weird time. Uh, I know this is unrelated, but have you seen much of Kirill Tutiaev? Yes, I have. Once in a while. Uh, not a tremendous amount. I- I've seen him play a few times um, just in passing when I've seen Yekaterinburg Yik- play. Small, skilled guy, really slippery, uh, but I'm not, I don't think the skating is good enough right now to get him to where he needs to be. I had not even heard of him before he was drafted, and when I checked him out, he's got lots of skill and lots of fun, but uh, I I just don't know how projectable it is, and he's one that I've definitely kept an eye on, especially as a late-round pick for for, uh, Detroit, and like, as a late-round swing, you could do a lot worse, but I'm a, I, I, I dig the skill, he's fun, he's small, but... I don't know. He's kind of slight on his feet. The skating is kind of okay. Uh, and and being really, really good in the MHL. I mean, he was good in the VHL as well this year. But yeah, I, I, he's kind of a shot in the dark pick. And in the, in whatever, he, he was picked in the seventh round, sixth round. I'm all I'm all for though, those kinds of dark swings in the dark. Um, all right. Oop. Lost my lost my thread of questions here. All right, where are we here? Oh, there we are. Uh, yeah. So the Stepan trade and Anti Ranta for seventh. Yeah. Okay. That that is also one. Yeah. Like these these trades aren't just pick for pick up high. It's hard. It's harder to do because uh, the valuations are very questionable. I would say. Uh, I don't know, especially in this year's draft. I think there's a lot of talent in the top ten that that is just fine and trading up to one i think i think the first overall pick holders would be kind of nuts to do it and i think ottawa for example would be kind of nuts to trade two potential cornerstones uh for you know alexis lafreniere who is an extremely talented player um but i think the gap between him and the picks at three and five at the end of the day could be narrower than we think it is i'm not saying it's gonna happen but i i could see a world where that's the case um, but Lafreniere is still an extremely talented player and whoever gets him is, is going to be happy. Uh, do you have a top pick for the cup? My bracket has the flyers winning. I really like how the flyers have looked. Um, I think I have flyers against Colorado. Uh, I, I've thought both of those teams have looked pretty good. Um, but I haven't seen a ton of the round Robin games, but of the games I've seen, I've seen the flyers play the most and I've, I've liked how they've looked. Uh, beyond that, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see wildcard teams or not wildcard teams, but, but bubble play in teams go pretty far. Cause now they've been sort of ramping into, I guess what the thing is all about. So a team like Columbus got getting past Tampa again would not surprise me. 
Uh, Calgary getting past Dallas. I mean, Ben Bishop is a thing, but but getting past them doesn't seem out of the realm of possibility. Um, so I think I think those teams might have a little bit of an advantage because I remember watching those round robin games and thinking like they're playing, but I I don't know. I feel like the 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 play in games are are a little bit higher energy, but they're the best teams in the league and they might be able to just flip a switch and and go for it. So who knows. But no matter what, it's going to be chaos and it's going to be fun. Today's yeah. So today's covering everyone from one to fifteen, and then we'll just go over some some quick little tidbits afterwards. What names would work for the Penguins in nine through fifteen? Well, we'll cover that when the picks are laid out. It's much easier when you know who's picking where. Um, so we'll cover that when, when the, when the, when the numbers are drawn, uh, will you do a laugh when your scouting report? Yes, I would be remiss if I didn't, uh, but him and Byfield are probably going to be the last two. So it'll probably be last, um, it'll probably be, uh, the last two reports of the year. So those will probably be end of September. Uh, but I have enough to do, I, I finished my Byfield data set, so I feel quite comfortable with Byfield and my Lafreniere one is nearly done. So yeah. And boy, there's some fun stuff in there. So those are coming, uh, but likely will be last, uh, because one, there's a lot of other guys I want to get to first and two, they're the ones everyone's going to be looking for. So, uh, maybe I'll fast track Byfield a little bit, but while I finish up with, with Lafreniere's data, but they will, both of those guys will be getting one. Uh, Leafs need to get rid of some and get value. I don't know what that means. Uh, would you take Rossi over Byfield? No. Uh, Canucks over Blues in floor four? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, a lot of this comes down to goaltending. And Jacob Markstrom has played pretty well from what I've seen. Um, and St. Louis, I think that's going to be a really good series. I think people writing off the Canucks um, are are not doing the right thing. I think the Canucks are going to muck up as mo- the defending Stanley Cup champions as much as they can, I think. Um, that's that's my hunch. So, yeah, uh, where was I? Uh, I already forgot. Yeah, so I, th- I, I, I get the feeling that the Canucks are just going to go out there and try to muck up the Blues, get them off their game, really push them to be like, we're going to knock you around a bit and make sure that you're really sure you want to win the Stanley Cup again. And you know what? When you do that... And had, depending on how much you get away with, I think that was the most penalized series, the Vancouver one, if I'm not mistaken. Per game, I think that was the most penalized. But they, they still won. And, uh, you know, it's not the Minnesota Wild. I think this, the St. Louis Blues are a bit of a bigger test. But Minnesota played pretty well. Uh, and Vancouver, I think, though, is going to give them a run for their money. And I think that series could go quite a while, um, personally. It, and if I'm the Canucks, I'm like, they have nothing to lose, right? And there's nothing scarier than for a Stanley Cup champion that's trying to defend things against a, a, you know, just a ragged group of, you know, got nothing to lose hockey players who will go out there and, you know, bug you. Antoine Roussel, Jay Beagle, Brandon Sutter. Maybe not guys that I would play top six on my team down the road, but definitely guys who can carry some value when games get to this point, you know, and so you never know. It's craziness. It's going to be crazy. Uh, 
Byfield is a baby. He's good, but when it doesn't go his way, he takes stupid penalties. I have not seen that. Um, and if he does, I don't really care. Uh, he is unbelievably talented, and that's why you're drafting him. He's also 17 and doesn't turn 18 until August, uh, I think. So, uh, surprise, surprise. Uh, young person is sometimes dumb. And you know what? I've seen Alexis Lafreniere do m- some far worse things. Uh do some far worse things than I've seen Byfield do. Uh, stuff where I'm like, buddy, you you are you know you are above these players in most ways. So what are you doing trying to goon it up with them? Like, go in, score your four points, go home, have a hot dog, and go to bed. Like I've seen him get thrown out of a couple of games. He's been suspended this year, I believe. So if you're gonna call Quentin Byfield a baby and taking stupid penalties when he's still a child, uh then you kind of also have to, you know, annotate a report of Alexis Lafreniere with somewhat similar vibes. Uh, as much as I want the Rangers to win tonight, they need a center. True, but again, you're not going to complain if it's Alexis Lafreniere. Do you think Jeremy Poirier will be picked in round two or later round one? I think round two, personally. I, I think I think more players have sort of pushed him out um and i think that he's just too risky for for too many teams i don't think he fits the mold of what teams are looking for if he could you know like the decision making could be forgivable if other things dif- went differently like his carrying ability is not as good I, as i think it I, it's not as good as i think people think it is um so yeah i'm always kind of questioning uh questioning the Jeremy Poirier in the first round thing. I think a team could take a swing on him and it could be worth a first round pick, but I personally wouldn't. Uh, Habs will trade for first overall. I doubt it. Uh, what team takes Lundell? Uh, I guess we'll have to see. I wouldn't be surprised to see Lundell end up in it with a team like Buffalo. Uh, I think he kind of fits the mold of the type of center they're looking for. Um, someone like New Jersey might do it, um, but doubt they would do it at seven like if marco rossi's on the board i doubt the devils look at lindell first that's just kind of a hunch that i have um beyond that uh, yeah for 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 lindell like i don't expect lindell i mean maybe the ducks at six you know they're not afraid of going to europe like hampus lindholm was kind of a pick at a uh, high up in the draft that i remember at the time people were like who is this guy what is this about and he's turned into one of the best defensemen on that team. And obviously you can't just say, well, this team drafted this player, blah, blah, blah. But the Ducks, you know, historically, not super afraid to go a little bit off the board up high. And I think the Ducks might make an interesting option for Lindell. You know, and I think I think Lindell is a relatively safe pick, whatever that means to you. Um, to me, I think he's going to play fine minutes. He's going to eat minutes in the NHL. Like someone like a Miko Koivu type player. You know, once in a while he'll have a year where he produces a lot, but most of the time you're going to be there for the sort of two-way results, you know, plugging holes defensively, chipping in at both ends with some nice offensive output. And I think that's perfectly fine. And you need guys like Lundell to win games, personally, if you if you ask me. Uh, so I'm not super concerned if it is the Ducks at six. Any higher than that, I doubt it. Um, and I'd say that if, if Lundell is available outside of the top 10, then that's like a no-brainer. Uh, but that's just me. 
I thought the Toronto Universe wanted Nylander's head. They always do. That's just like the days of the week that end in day. That's how it works. What would it take for a team like Montreal to trade for the first round, first round, first overall pick? Well, considering Montreal doesn't know where they're picking in the first round, it starts to me like they'd have to make it so dumb for them that I couldn't say no. Like Cole Caulfield does not come even close. I think to adding the real true offensive value that Alexis Lafreniere does. Um, I just don't see that. Uh, so, you know, even if it's Cole Caulfield in their first round pick this year, I say no to that and hang up the phone. Um, and if Habs fans want to throw names out that they just kind of could live without like Victor Mete or whatever. No, that's not going to do it. Um, and I doubt they want to trade any of their like rock solid pieces up front. Like, you know, a Philip Deneau, uh, whatever. But, you know, it, it, and I and it would depend on who your trading partner is. Like, if it's Edmonton, they don't really have the cap space to add a whole lot of pieces that could work right now. And Alexis Lafreniere at 900 and whatever thousand dollars a year for the next three years, plus bonuses, uh, would be enormous value, uh, barring some sort of horrible occurrence that might hamper his development. Um, I think that would be one of the more valuable contracts in the league and giving that up as a con- potential contender would be an issue. Um, I-, I just think it's extremely hard to look at the first overall pick, especially in 2020 and, and say no, uh, and, and, and take a package of something else from a team that isn't even in the top 15. Uh, that would be a heck of a, a heck of a job that I wouldn't want to dip my foot into. Um, where are we here? I already lost my spot. I keep losing my spot. It keeps refreshing and going all over the place. Uh, I'm from Sweden. When is the first selection selected? You mean, well, they're announcing it any minute from what I can tell. Uh, but I'm, I can't say I know for sure. Uh, oops, I unmuted by accident. Um, where else? What else do we got here? I know it's fun, but when was the last time the first overall was traded? I think it was 99. If not, oh no, it was the Marc-Andre Fleury year, I think. Uh, Yeah, a lot of people asking about trading the first overall pick. I don't think it's going to happen. If Winnipeg wins first overall and Vili Hainala for the first in exchange for the third and fifth, yeah, no, I I don't know why I would... Like, Vili Hainala could be a good second pair two-way guy, but I don't know. Like, there's no precedent... And, like, trading three and five to me, if I'm Ottawa, you give me Alexi Lafreniere and Vili Hainala, I, I don't think I do it. Um, you know, like, it, it would need to be something very tangible today. And, yes, Lafreniere is very tangible, but, again, as much as it's unlikely that he doesn't work out, that's still an unproven asset. You know, teams are much more comfortable trading their picks uh, their their picks for uh, for actual players. Oh boy, are we going? Is this ready to go? I'm just gonna do this. Um, the Leafs' only options are one. Yeah, so I mean, the Leafs either give their pick to Carolina or it's first overall. As far as I know, because of the Marlowe trade. Who do you like best between Tulio, Robbins, and Finley? Uh, that's a good question. It definitely Finley's third, but I, I don't mind Finley. Tulio, Robbins. Uh, Tulio and Robbins are back-to-back. 
I have Robbins a, sh- a step, like one ahead of Tulio. Honestly, I'm not going to split hairs about it. Probably would lean Robbins, um, but Tulio would not be a bad follow-up. And I have, I have Finley quite a bit further back. Taking care of business. Gary Bettman's TCB. Do you have any thoughts on Grant Slikinski? Isn't he like a 2004 born kid? I don't really have any. I, I need to look him up. Uh, do you think Aiden McDonough could make the NHL? I have not seen anything of him this year. And he was a guy who was surprising to me to come out of the first, uh, or to come out of the draft. Um, there he is. Uh, he was in Northeastern this year. Yeah. I just don't know. I haven't seen a ton of the NCAA this year. I I I, I can't give you a great answer on McDonough. Um, the team that would definitely benefit the most from Lafreniere is Minnesota. He would not be a bad fit in Minnesota. Like, again, all of these teams would benefit from him. And I think, to me, if I had my way, it would be Nashville. Um, you know, if, it, if it's Pittsburgh... It's the sort of signaling of the changing of the guard, I guess. Even if they're good next year and the year after, he's sort of like the next phase, I guess, because Cindy Crosby and Evgeny Malkin aren't getting older or aren't getting any younger. Um, but I, I, I mean, Minnesota and Nashville would probably be the teams that are like, if you want, sure. I mean, Winnipeg could... It's hard to say. No team doesn't deserve him. Um, I, I'm, not, I'm not extremely picky about it. Uh, but I think that in terms of adding value to their team, it would be a great piece for Minnesota, but I think the road is tougher for Minnesota than it is for, say, Nashville in the next few years or Pittsburgh in the next few years or Toronto. Um, so Lafreniere, I mean, if he's going to a team that is a contender potentially, there's, I would say, arguably a higher chance of him being on a team that's contending either next year or very soon after. Like, I'd, I'd say Rangers, Toronto, Pittsburgh... Nashville and Edmonton like that's 62 and a half percent in the next couple of years I could see those teams competing and the rest of them Florida who knows uh Winnipeg maybe um Minnesota probably is in the middle just in the beginning of what they need to do we'll see oh boy the the balls are out all right The most interesting landing spot for Lafreniere to me uh, probably would... I mean, the most interesting one would be Edmonton because I feel like the universe would melt. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let this happen and very slowly quiet myself. Do any of the eight teams in the lottery need a franchise center? Well, everyone could use more franchise centers. So, yes. Confirmed. This is going to be silly. Byfield would fit in pretty well from the Kings pipeline, by the way. I saw that question, Evan. Uh, Do the Flames make any trades to acquire some picks? I don't know. Depends on how far they go in the playoffs to me. I don't know. Does Perfetti give the wings center depth for a contending team? Uh, no, I don't think he does that on his own. Uh, I personally think Perfetti might end up more of a winger, but he could play center if his skating takes a few steps, and, and it could. Perfectly reasonable. I think he could be a center, but I think it's a bit more likely that he's a winger. Um, 
But if he's the guy at four for Detroit, then that's a that's a pretty solid pickup. He's a lot of fun to watch. And that kind of goes off of Gustav's question about the Red Wings rebuild. I think they're doing okay so far. Question more at Cider as much as you want, but um, I think he's going to be a fine defenseman. I think they left a lot on the board that I probably would have taken every day over him, but I don't think they whiffed. Um, just a questionable pick to me. I mean, and under Iserman, uh, I guess we'll see what happens. It is the New York Rangers logo. The Pittsburgh frickin' Penguins. <sighs> yeah, they're dropping balls in a bucket. So, oh, I guess, yeah, I guess if you guys can't watch it, I mean, it's Gary Bettman um, standing next to a large cylindrical object with a tube sticking out of it, uh, whilst a man wearing a mask places balls with loser team logos into the machine, into the tube, which I assume will uh, churn the balls and spit a ball up to um, the apex of the cylinder, which will then be the team that drafts first overall this year. And I, okay, so just before this happens, I'm going to say, for fun, um, because it's the team that uh, I would like to see Alexis Lafreniere go to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that the Predators pull it off. It, it, I, I think the Predators are going to pull it off. Uh, Josh, if you run naked down the street, if the Oilers win, um, film it from the waist up and put it on the internet because that would be very entertaining. Just keep it PG. All right, I'm ignoring the chat while this happens. So, oh, they got a fancy machine uh, with um, a remote control. Well, not remote. I guess it's wired to the thing. Um, but it's blowing the balls around, blowing them around, blowing them around. All the blowing... They're blowing, blowing, blowing. And what do we got? I might be behind as well because of this, but I'm going to, so I'm going to block my chat here so I don't see anything. I actually don't need to. I must be behind because I can see messages popping up. What's it going to be? Who is it? Oh, man. Well, that's a, that's a, all right. The New York Rangers. Okay. Well, that's good for them. Holy crap. And David Quinn is going to love that. Uh, that is going to be... That's going to be a hell of a pick um, for them. I, I think that's a great uh, add. Yes, they need more centers. Sure. But that is... Uh, wow. Wow. You know what? That's I, I think that for the Rangers, that's going to be a great fit for Lafreniere. Um, you know, I, I from my perspective, all of the things that they they were trying to do with Capo Caco in the games that I watched him, it's kind of what Lafreniere does. 
and I think I think that will give someone like a Capo Caco the freedom to be a bit more his traditional brand of game. He did seem to improve over the year. Uh, but I, I look at the Rangers with Lafreniere and go, okay, that strikes me as a player that fits perfectly. Um, you know, Capo Caco seemed to struggle a bit adjusting, but I, I don't know. I, 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 you know what? A lot of these teams would be a good fit, um, obviously with someone like Lafreniere, but the Rangers getting him, I think stylistically is, is really spooky. And I think that puts them much closer. Uh, do the Rangers take Byfield? I wouldn't. I, I think that the Rangers, you know, you could make the argument to me, but I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm not exactly on the boat of, of passing if I'm the Rangers, especially, uh, cause I think Lafreniere is going to drop right into that hard physical s- sort of system that, that the Rangers seem to like to want to play, uh, and just give her. So Oh, are they not doing the rest of the picks like right now? Oh, they, okay. Oh, I guess that makes sense. Um, all right, let me just fill out the board here and then we'll, then we'll circle back. Uh, Minnesota, Winnipeg, uh, Nashville, Florida, uh, Carolina. So, all right. Well, the chaos ones didn't happen. Um, we'll call this Pittsburgh. We'll do that. All right. So let's have some fun. Um, all right. So, oop. Okay. Uh, uh, uh. All right, let's catch up here. Ah, the Rangers. Yeah, see, like everyone's saying it's boring that the Rangers won. I don't know. Like I would have loved some chaos as well, but like no matter what, people are going to be unhappy. But that's a great, that's a great, that's great news for the Rangers. Great news, I think, for Lafreniere. I think that's going to be a great spot. Um, do the Rangers take Byfield? Yes. Uh, no. <laughs> that's no, they don't. Not in my view. Uh, they do. They could use centers for sure. And Byfield could be a really, 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 really good one. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. And yes, for some reason, I thought they were going to lottery the rest of the picks. My mistake. But, um, so just for fun, let's run this. So my my thought is, my thought is that, that Lafreniere is going to be the guy. At, at, at first overall. I mean... I think the stylistic fit is too good to ignore. Um, I, I think that he just plays the style of game that David Quinn seems to want. Uh, he's He can plug and play right away when the Rangers should be better. And and they sh- this should help them get back to sort of being a playoff team. And, and you know, with their two goaltenders, maybe three if they keep Lundqvist, I don't know what's going to happen there. But that, that might lead them to... Uh, some some pretty good playoff performances pretty quickly. Panarin Panarin's still there, uh, you know. And if they can maybe figure out a way to land a center somehow, whether it's moving some prospects they've stockpiled or what, um, then maybe that would be something that, excuse me, something that benefits them. Oh, excuse me. Uh, so LA second. I don't. If it's me, 
this is the guy. It's it's got to be Quentin Byfield to me. I I, I don't see who else. Uh, if it were me, that I would be going after. If I'm LA and I think that they they need something of they they have drafted a lot of centers lately, but they don't have that bona fide potential, you know, franchise leaning type guy that can finish, uh, or that can that can play behind a guy like Kopitar while Kopitar sort of rides off into the sunset, and you can you know swap him out with with Byfield over time. I don't know, um, but I think that would be the right move personally. Uh, third for Ottawa. Honestly, I have no idea what the Ottawa Senators are going to do at three. Um, my, like, if it's me, you know, obviously I'm doing this myself so I can game it however I want. But one thing that I know for sure is that last year, the Ottawa Senators with this same management team did not draft anyone born in the year 2001. And they drafted, I think, all but one of their picks as guys that are six foot two or larger, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and they really took a big jump on Lassie Thompson last year. So, uh, no, Alex Turcotte, I don't think, is going to be a franchise center. Really, really good top six guy, sure. Um, but having Byfield Turcotte as your one two, or Byfield Kopitar Turcotte as your one two three, is nasty. Plus, you've got. And also, like. Yeah, I, I I think the re- franchise centers are extremely hard to find and they're rare. And I don't even know if Quentin Byfield will get there, but I think he could. Definitely more so than someone like Turcotte, but he's a they're they're good players. Um but for Ottawa, the thing that last year really struck me was the the selection of players they took. It was big older guys. Uh and it was every single one, except I think their seventh round pick. And maybe that's just, you know, a coincidence. Um, but you know, like it wouldn't surprise me to see them at five go off the board and see the success that, well, I would say some people say it's success, but someone like Lassie Thompson had, um, who to me is not the greatest skater out there. Like if Anton Lundell is their fifth overall pick because of their experience with Lassie Thompson last year, I think that would be fun. I don't know how likely that is. Um, but they seem to be more open to the idea of taking guys from Europe or sending guys like Lassie Thompson over there. It might be kind of weird, but I'm just kind of thinking realistically from what this management team did last year. But at three, I mean, if they're going to do Lundell at five and that's their plan because they could probably get him there, uh, Tim Stutzla, I, 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 I could see the Ottawa Senators going for him. Detroit seems to want Cole Perfetti. I wouldn't be surprised, so we'll put him in there. It would be a fine pick at four. Uh, who else do we have on the list here? Um... So Rossi, Raymond, Drysdale. I can't see Drysdale falling much further. So if I'm Anaheim, again, probably not what I would do any of these top five picks. And this is literally immediate reaction. But my hunch is uh, that Jamie Drysdale doesn't fall further than this. Which gives the New Jersey Devils a shot at Lucas Raymond or Marco Rossi or Jake Sanderson. But thinking that they're a team that kind of wants to start a rebound pretty quick. I'm going to say Marco Rossi's the guy that goes to New Jersey. Um, you don't think Ottawa would take the guy right in their backyard in Rossi? I think they could, but he's small, and they didn't draft any even average-sized players last year. Even the goalie they drafted was a giant. Uh, I think it's entirely possible Rossi is the guy that goes to Ottawa, but... But 
I, I just look at what they've done with Dorian and, and I would believe it if they passed on him. I could see the rationale. I could see the meetings in my head where it's like, oh, he's too small. He can't play center and can he play the wing and is his skating good enough? Blah, blah, blah. And I think that they're going to just, you know, try to think a little bit too much. Um, Buffalo. So what do we got? I mean, Buffalo could get Raymond. They've got Rasmus Dahlin. The Forlunda connection is there. And if Lucas Raymond is there and I'm the Buffalo Sabres, that's probably the guy I go for at eight. I mean, Alexander Holtz, maybe, but I think the Buffalo Sabres have a guy like Jeff Skinner there. Who's a goal scorer and go didn't, hasn't really worked out and maybe they get a little bit of cold feet. And I think that the Buffalo Sabres adding, you know, a guy they can sort of stash away in Sweden for a year and, and sort of keep letting develop in a good program, I think would be not the worst pick uh, at all there. Uh, Minnesota, uh, this is a new management team for them. I, I, and and their drafting in the past has been wild. Um, but I would not be surprised to see them do something like Jake Sanderson. I, I just feel like that's something that Bill Guerin might want to do you know, get the defenseman, get the minutes eating guy who can play in transition um, and let sort of the offense kind of handle itself. Like you have a guy like Alexander Holtz available. uh, But again, like it's extremely rare to find defensemen, not at least not definitely not more than one defenseman going top 10, usually in the draft, you see two or more and Jake Sanderson to Minnesota. I mean, I could see it. They took Matt Boldy last year. Uh, maybe they need some centers, but if you're going to draft a center at this point, if that, if these are the guys that are off the board, uh, the next centers on the board are guys like Maverick Bork, uh, Connor Zari, like guys who you're not picking at ninth overall. So you don't really have much you can do. And if I'm Minnesota, uh, and you need kind of a lot of everything, I mean, I probably wouldn't do it, but Jake Sanderson is not the worst option at, at nine Winnipeg. I don't know. I, I, they, they, they've drafted Finns every year at 10th, but there's no Finnish players in this range outside of Lundell. Uh, and the next best one to me is, 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 uh, Hervinen and you're not taking Ronnie Hervinen here. Uh, so in my view, I think the, the streak of, of Finns to, to Winnipeg is going to end, but the guys like that they've drafted with a lot of skill guys like Kyle Connor, um, you know, guys like Kyle Connor are skilled wingers that they pick. They have Patrick Line, and he's been good for them. You know what? And if they've had good experiences with Patrick Line, and I think at tenth overall, I don't think you look a gift horse in the mouth, and and um, and you just take the goal scorer. You know, and that gives the that gives the Jets two lethal goal scoring threats to put in their lineup down the road with Line and Holtz. I think it, it, it would be an interesting move, uh, especially for a team that was expecting to be a playoff team this year. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen. The other option that kind of crossed my mind was Seth Jarvis, but I still think that you take Holtz and Jarvis probably goes soon after. Uh, Nashville, uh, I mean, Nashville likes guys with a bit of, of, of grime to them. They took Tomasino last year, so they're not afraid of skill. Uh, that you know, it depends. I mean, do they take a Noel Gundler who has a bit of a reputation, um, that, that has a bit of a reputation, whether it's real or not of being a bit of a 
hothead, so to speak, or someone who's very aware of how good he is. Uh, and I think that doesn't really scare Nashville. And to me, Noel Gundler, if you look at his talent alone when he plays well, top 20 at the worst in this draft. I have him probably, I think I have him at thir- 15. So I have him at 15. The other option would be someone like Seth Jarvis for Nashville. They have a ton of centers already, and I don't know how you trade any of those guys, but you can't really draft on need. Um, but I don't know what a good player to Nashville looks like, but my gut also says that they would not go for Noel Gundler. That's probably the guy that I think would be a fit. But I'm going to go with someone that's a versatile plug-and-play guy, and it might be a bit of a nut job pick. Um, but Dylan Holloway. I think you can bet on Dylan Holloway to improve next year. Um, I think you bet on him to improve next year with, with Wisconsin because they were bad. Uh, and I think that he's got a lot of potential as a versatile sort of middle six forward that you could play center wing. He plays hard, good transition player, creative, a little bit predictable, but I wonder how much that is the coaching staff there. Cause that coaching staff. Wow. Uh, Florida, Carolina, Edmonton, Pittsburgh. Um, so Florida took Spencer Knight last year, so Askarov probably won't go here. I honestly wouldn't be surprised to see Carolina go for the goalie. Um, and you know what? Because that pick is found money. Um, so, like, I, I, okay, so Florida, you know, they kind of need some help elsewhere. They have guys like Denisenko and Tippett on the way. Maybe they need another center, but again, I don't know who you go for for here. Like maybe Maverick Bork if you're Florida. Um, but, you know, I, I honestly don't know. It's hard to say. Um, but I think Carolina going for Askarov actually makes sense. So you trade basically nothing to get basically nothing and a, and what is now a top 15 pick. So you did a paper transaction and you can take a swing on whoever you want. So I look at Carolina and go, well, I mean, you found this pick and you could get yourself a franchise goaltender out of this. And you look at who's playing in net for Carolina and who's been playing in net for them since Cam Ward fell off. It's always been the team is really good, but they can't buy a save. The team is really good, but they've churned through goalies every year. And if you can solve that problem with something that basically was something that you did as a favor then you look like a genius. Even if you maybe miss on that pick and he becomes a good backup or just a 1A guy and and can't really hold a 60-70 game workload, whatever. Uh, I think at this range of the draft, it's perfectly reasonable to take that risk. Florida, Dale Talon seems to be gone, so who knows? Um, I don't know. I would not be surprised. It depends. Like, if they go down a road of old school hockey big physical whatever this would not surprise me and it it really wouldn't people seem to think that defensemen are worth their weight in gold Caden Gooley is a big defenseman who is mobile um I and people say that defensemen are worth their weight in gold I could see this happen for Florida if their decision is Dale Talon wasn't undoing the skill enough and they're too skilled but if they decide to go in a more progressive direction and just sort of draft for potential and and skill and whatever something that the florida panthers could make work for them 
maybe a Dawson Mercer or a Seth Jarvis. Um, but I honestly have no idea. And judging by how that team has been built and changed over the last few years, they seem to be trending more in the physical, slower game direction. And someone like Caden Gooley could be a swing that you take and pray to God that, that, that it works out. Not saying it'll happen, but I would not be surprised. And the draft is always a crazy house anyway. Uh, Edmonton pretty much can do whatever they want. I mean, they, they drafted, uh, they've drafted Bouchard and Broberg. Uh, I don't think they'll do the same kind of thing again and do something like a Wallander. Uh, I, I look at that team and say they need help up front. Um, if Puglia Yarvi comes back, sure. Uh, I could, I could, I could see that, um, that, that, that would help down the middle. You've got McDavid and, and Dreisaitl and sometimes those guys play together. So whatever, but more center depth never hurt anyone. Maverick Bork, maybe, uh, you know, I mean, at this point, Rodion Amirov would be a guy that I look at very heavily, but I just don't know if that's who Edmonton would go for. Uh, Florida took Denisenko, but I don't think that now that Dale Talon's gone, that, that Amirov will be their guy. And I think people might see Amirov's point totals and be a little spooked. Um, but at 14, if I'm Edmonton, Amirov would probably be the guy that I'm looking for, but I don't think that's what's going to happen because I think they want someone who's like good to go pretty quick. So, you know, you get someone, maybe like a Jack Quinn, you know, like not a guy that I would pick in 14, but they have guys that can dish the puck around the ice, real quarterbacks offensively without a tremendous amount of that sort of firepower. Jack Quinn might be the guy who's like a dark horse to play in the league next year and chip in. But even if you wait a year for him, you could plop him into the Oilers lineup and just say, okay, you go out and play with these guys who can pass you the puck and you're capable passing and carrying the puck, but your job is to shoot, you know, just go out there and try to score and just chip in. Maybe that's what works, and I think Jack Quinn could be the right person for that. Seth Jarvis maybe might be the other alternative, um, but I, I I don't know. Uh, Pittsburgh or Minnesota? I mean, this one could go either way. Um, I I don't I don't know. You know, like again, Rodion Amirov being available after fifteen to me is kind of nuts. Um, obviously, I have Marat Kuznudinov ranked really high, but I can't imagine a world where he goes that high. Um, so, uh, I mean, Dawson Mercer might be the guy if it's Pittsburgh. Um, but if it's Minnesota, they've already landed guy, a guy like Jake Sanderson, so they can be a little bit more flexible uh, up front, at least with forwards. So if I had to pick a guy that will probably that could go to either of those teams, they might just look at the center and, and take a Maverick Bork, who I think is pretty underrated. Like, he's a really subtle player, but he's really smart. Um And, uh, yeah. Uh, questions. Where are we here? Um, do you think Drysdale projects to be better than Lindholm or Fowler? Uh, well, it depends. Like whenever you use the word better, I I need to know kind of what you mean. I think that in terms of an overall impact on the game at his, like in his best years, I don't think he'll have as much of an impact as Lindholm did when he was really at his peak, but it won't be that far off. But in terms of an offensive impact, I think he'll have a bigger impact than 
at least Lindholm. Fowler come, came as advertised, sort of that more offensive-leaning guy. I think in terms of overall impact on the game, he'll slide in between the two of those guys um, with the potential for something more. I really liked Drysdale, but I still think that he's maybe a really good second-pair guy. Maybe uh, maybe a, 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 a top-pair guy if things really go well, but I'm not, I'm not 100% sold on that idea. Um, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Top four defensemen are worth a lot. Uh, that's basically a top six forward. And, you know, real player value in the top 10 tends to drop off pretty quick. Uh, where is Justin Barron on your list? Not particularly high. Uh, Justin Barron, where are you? Justin Barron's in the third round for me. I have never really particularly liked his game. Uh... Still tracking him, still working through finalizing things on him, but there's a lot of defensemen that I would take swings on before him. Uh, but you know, and that's independent of the health problems that he's had. I don't, I don't really think about those too much. But it's more just the the perception and reality mismatch to me is a little bit scary. And uh, Baron is not a guy that I would probably swing on until at least the late second round, maybe, and that's if he's slipping. But I think he could get picked up pretty early. Not that I would do it. Uh, defenseman for Florida, Braden Schneider. It will. I Braden Schneider is the one guy who I would not see in the first round, almost certainly. I I don't see the appeal really outside of some very specific parts of the game. But his overall impact that I've seen has been like mediocre, you know. And it's and it's not that he's a bad player. It's just a matter of what are you leaving on the board and what is it that you're getting. And I think the mismatch, if you're picking him at that pick uh, for for Florida, I think the mismatch between what you're leaving on the board and what you're taking could be way too huge. And that's still the case with Gooley, but to me it's far less often uh, as opposed to someone like Schneider. Uh, but And with Gooley, I think there are certain things that you could make an argument he does very well, uh, especially as a defenseman. It's just the rest of the game that I think need work uh quite a bit uh okay we're gonna close out these questions and i'm gonna take off because uh i am getting hungry uh oilers will screw it up just booking now maybe but who knows uh what's up with the gibson gif it's my subscription gif whenever one of you lovely people subscribe to the channel it shows up so that's what's up who do you like better drysdale sanderson or next year's top d next year 100 percent. 2021 is unbelievable i am a huge fan of simon edvinson uh brand clark uh luke hughes those guys are all great owen power i think is a big strong defenseman who actually is worth picking really high but someone but someone like edvinson is i love him i think he's great uh and i i think next year's defense crop like you don't draft defensemen i if you ask me you never draft based on what you think is valuable in the draft you draft you know you draft players and good ones so if you're drafting you're if you're skipping on talent to take something that you think is just more valuable then i think you're missing the boat uh in in reality uh my 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 belief is that this year's defense crop is a little bit overvalued um but next year's i think is going to be a heck of a crop uh similar to sort of that 2018 group 
that everyone loves to talk about. But someone like an Edvinson, Clark, Hughes, those are all guys that I really, really like. And Owen Power is a guy that I've really enjoyed watching. Still not 100% my brand of defense, but I totally, totally recognize and value what he does on the ice. And he's a real good player already. Um, are you drinking out of the Stanley Cup? I wish. It is just a very large mug filled with water, which you must also drink responsibly. Uh, how many goals can Rossi score with Hughes or Heischer? Maybe we'll find out. <laughs> I, I, I would say Rossi is a maybe not going to be the biggest goal scorer in the NHL, but he could pot his share of goals. I mean, playing with a Jack Hughes, maybe he could hit 25 goals-ish. I don't know. I guess we'll see. But if the Devils have the chance to pick him at 7, that's a guy that I could see easily going at 7. Um, and obviously, these are just very preliminary, off-the-cuff thoughts. Um, but yeah. Um, who should the Rangers target with their second first rounder? It'll most likely be 20 to 25. Well, it depends on who's off the board. Uh, but the Rangers are kind of desperate for center, uh, for centers. I mean, they, they don't have a ton of them in their pipeline that are really high level. Obviously you don't want to draft on need, but if the Rangers could take a swing on someone like Jacob Perot, uh, if, you know, maybe that would be a decent, a decent ad and try to try to refine him into a center in the NHL. Um, but if you watch a sort of raw potential, maybe a Noel Gundler, if he's available, if Rodion Amirov is still available, I could see that being a fit, and it would be scary. Um, but yeah, it depends on who's available. There's there's too much still up in the air. Um, but assuming, let's say that these guys are the ones that go off the board. Uh, you, you know, guys like Amirov, Gunler, you've got two. Mercer would still be available. Um, Pro. And... Who else could probably go that high? I mean, maybe the Rangers go for a Braden Schneider. I wouldn't, but if he's available in that range, which I don't know if he will be, maybe that's the guy they go for. Uh, did I write Seth Jarvis down? No. So Seth Jarvis. I'm going to assume Jarvis would be gone soon after 15. Uh, I, I would put. I would say that you might be looking at... Mm, if Connor Zari is available, he could be an interesting pick for the Rangers. Uh, that would be the names that I would look at. Perot, Zari, I doubt Mercer would be available. Gundler, maybe. Um, Gundler plays with Nils Lundqvist. So if he, if, you know, they can just call Nils and be like, hey, buddy, we're thinking of picking up Noah Gundler. What do you think? And I don't see why he would give them any sort of misguided opinion on that. So if the Rangers get a chance to take Gunler and pass on him, that's something to think about. Uh, why do you think Carolina takes Askarov? Well, uh, I think Carol. Okay. So briefly, cause I explained it, but, but briefly the pick they got for this was literally nothing. They took Patrick Marlowe and bought him out for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And in return, they basically got a first-round pick at its core. They basically bought it. So you can take a risk with that pick. You look at their pipeline. They've got so many young players up at forward. Their defense is clogged forever. And with a pick that you found, if the goalie who could be your number one goalie for the next 10 years is available, 
And it's, yes, it's a risk, but Jack Quinn is also a risk. Caden Gooley is also a risk. Like, once you get past this group of 10, I would say, at the top, maybe 11 or 12 guys on my ranking, you might and you might be surprised with how quickly guys might not reach sort of like top six potential, top four pairing, whatever. And someone like Askarov is also a risk, but Carolina is a good team. They're set up to be pretty good for quite a while. They've got lots of prospects all over, and they can afford to take a risk. And the one position that they're not rock solid forever is goaltender, in my opinion. They've got James Reimer and Peter Morazic. And they've had struggles with goaltending for years. So if they can over time solidify that, starting with Askarov, with a pick that they basically bought, I don't see the problem with that. That's my logic behind it. Um, And they're fun, and they're nuts. So they might do something like that. Uh, Tony, yes, Carson Lambos would be on that list as well. Uh, What do you think of Patrick Kane? I think he's a really great skilled hockey player that's that's it really uh personnel personality wise the guy's got a past i'll say that uh with the list that you made who drafts montreal who who does montreal draft at 16 well i think montreal does what they did last year and doesn't really think twice about it and maybe goes for a seth jarvis um you know i doubt it would be a mirov i doubt they would go for a braden schneider maybe a braden schneider but i doubt it my hunch is they don't think twice and go for Seth Jarvis. That would be my vote. Um, if you give the cup to Philly, who do you see for the Habs at 16? Oh, okay. Same question. Yes, I would say I would say Montreal. If I'm Montreal and it's 16 and Seth Jarvis is available, i probably chuckle and take him. And if I'm Montreal and it's not Seth Jarvis, Rodion Amirov is the higher ranked guy on my list. Um, I feel like Marat would be a really good Hab. Like, they love guys who are hardworking. They don't really seem to care your size as long as you p- can play. And, I mean, at 16, it would be nuts. But I've heard that people have Marat higher than some public lists. And if I found out it was Montreal, I would not at all be surprised. Um, but, depends. I don't know. But my, 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 my gut says that it would probably be, in this situation, Jarvis. Um... All right. Uh, I think that's going to be it for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for joining me. This was much busier than I expected it, but that's great news. Um, This was a lot of fun. Uh, Please join me again on Wednesday night, 9.30 Eastern time, where we will have the regular old live show, uh, the old Q&A and the old have a fun party about data. I'm a bad advertising guy um but anyway uh we'll be back here in two days time just a bit over two days uh and yeah so it's gonna be interesting to see the rangers with 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 mr lafreniere um i'm curious uh how this is gonna shake out but yeah uh so thanks for joining me this was lovely i'm off to go eat some beans um and i hope you all have a lovely evening and i will see you Uh, I will see you on Wednesday.